0: This right here this is the twin You are now
1: listening to Twin FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in this Sunday evening. Our show tonight is about Black role players. We actually did this show back in January. And on the podcast, we got very detailed and went into a lot of discussion about um, what it is to be a role player, various kinds of games that are played, the different genres. But we never really actually addressed what is role-playing, which is sort of the obvious question that you would bring up. So what happened was when the podcast aired, uh, a lot of folks emailed me and even tweeted to me saying, hey, um, you know, I I love the show, but I really wasn't quite following along um, because you guys really never addressed what role-playing is. So I felt like, you know, I wanted to do as part two to address that, first of all. And then there was a lot of questions that I had that we didn't get in the uh, the 60 minutes that we had on the show. So I, I want to bring up some of those questions um, that are really important. So uh, please, 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 if you are listening live, you can participate with us by doing a few things. You can call us. The phone lines are open. Our phone number here is 718-404-9320. And you can use the hashtag BGM podcast that will allow you to jump into the discussion along with other live tweeters uh, that are listening in. Feel free to ask questions, comments, and you can also go to twib.fm forward slash live. That's the link that allows you to listen in live as well as there's a chat room inside and you can participate with other Twib listeners. Um, Special kudos to Lauren. Thank you, Lauren, for manning the BGM podcast Twitter account. Uh, So we have a Twitter account along with the Black Girl Nerds account where I do tweets throughout the show. I I multitask. I'm doing the interviews and tweeting at the same time. But also we have Lauren that's helping out with the BGM podcast Twitter account. So make sure you're following that account. Give you a lot of updates on what's happening uh, with the podcast, what's happening with us in TWIB, and um, all of the topics that happen from week to week. So check that out. And uh, just another announcement to make, Sunday we won't be having a podcast, instead it's going to be on Saturday, Saturday, October the 4th, in New York City at the Galapagos Museum of Art at New York Super Week, so if you're in town, check it out, tickets are only $10, you're going to have a lot of fun, and we're having a little after-party event as well in Brooklyn, Uh, so check out our Facebook page for more information on that. Facebook.com forward slash black girl nerds. All right, so I am going to introduce you guys to our guests. I'm actually going to have them introduce themselves. Um, we have three role players here to talk about this subculture of gaming Misha, Tamar, and Laura. And in that order, just introduce yourselves, tell us where you're from, and what Type of RPG player are you?
0: All right. Well, hi, I'm Misha. Um, I currently reside in Baltimore, lovely Maryland. Um, I'm mostly a tabletop player, but I do do some LARPing, um, not especially on the, the digital side, just because I suck at video games. Um, so, yeah, that's me.
3: All right, my name is Tamar. I actually live in Houston, Texas. Um, I do mostly tabletop RPGs and a little bit of online role playing.
1: Hi, I'm Laura. I live in New York City, and I actually do all three. So uh, I do tabletop, uh, some digital RPG playing, and, um, and some v- varieties of novel. So
2: I'm going to ask the question that I should have brought up on our first podcast, and this is going to go to Misha. Tell us, for our listeners that may not know about this subculture of, of gaming, what is role playing? Uh, okay, so the best
0: way I've I found that people seem to understand when I explain it, um, it's kind of like um, acting, but without a script. Um, so you, you, you've got a character, you submerge yourself into it, and then as you come up against something where all of the actors don't agree the director has rules and dice perhaps or perhaps not um to resolve how how do we continue moving the story forward from here
2: and for you as a role player what what type of genre of role playing are you into and is there specific types of games that um you you like to play
0: uh, like I said, I'm primary, I I mostly do uh, tabletop style. So they're um, pen and paper games. Um, they usually books. Uh, currently I'm playing in a, a Sagas of the Icelanders game. Um, I've got a couple of pa- uh, Apocalypse World games going on. Um, I've got a couple of Storium stories going. Uh, a, a kind of a play by post style where you, you type in what you're role playing as opposed to um acting it out um uh so that that's where i primarily do occasionally at cons and and when we do actual get togethers we'll do some free farm larping which is a little less structured um than regular larping larping is live action role play um where it's you're actually acting out what you're doing as opposed to just saying what you're doing um
2: So that's what I primarily do. And there are several types of RPGs, um, as you mentioned. Uh, There's tabletop gaming, there's digital gaming, there's live action role-playing. Tell us the differences of each. I'll I'll start with Tamar and then Laura and then ask Misha that question as well. Um, What are the differences between each of these different type of genres? And are there other genres that that I've missed out on that are under the role-playing umbrella?
3: Um, well, tabletop is more, I guess, personal. You sit around a table with your um, with like five or six people and you sit there and you, and you play the game and you describe what you're doing. When you're online, you do the same thing. You describe it, but it's, there's some programs allowed you to do actions and it's, um, it's more like tabletop than it is like LARPing, but I guess I would describe online as being more open to different time zones, you, you get to know more people that way. You don't actually have to play with people in the same area as you. You can play with people um, across the world over. I used to play with people who lived in Australia. It was um, interesting to get online at the same time, but it was actually a lot of fun. Um, LARPing, up, to me, has always been more like acting. Like you, you speak as the character, you do the actions to the best of your ability, and um, it usually involves a lot more people than you're going to find at a um, traditional table tabletop,
1: or even an online game. Um, right, so this is Laura. Uh, Just to build off of that, um, just to get into different types of tabletop. Um, so, I, I find that when uh, in many types of tabletop opening, there's, uh, they have different kind of, um, I would think of it as different mindsets, where uh, you might have a game that is heavy on you analyzing the system and making optimal decisions. Something like a um, like, um, Versions of Dungeons and Dragons where you're thinking about how the game system work works and how your character sheet works because you have actual stats and um, attributes for your character. So that that adds a that's a different layer to the gaming where you're taking on a role, but you're also thinking about okay, how can I how can I do better? How can I beat this challenge? Um, so there's often that type of playing. And lately, I've also been doing. More gaming where it's more about okay how how do I connect to these other players? Which is a a kind of a, a different feel. Not that you can't have those connections in a game like D&D, but maybe I might look at my character sheet and the attributes that the character has aren't so geared towards me wrong a die and defeating a challenge, but more of using it to interact with other players and have um, have interactions that are less about being a challenge but more connecting to people or changing a situation. Uh, just to kind of dig into that a little bit more. With online playing, so I've, I've done um, a type of playing where in the like late 90s, early 2000s, uh, where they were called mushrooms, so it's like multi-user shared, and I think they call them like hallucinations, but it was like an online world where you would take on a role and you would... Be chatting with all these other people and acting out scenes or trying to interact with each other, um, and and that was kind of a, that was a different type of gaming than what I've done in the last few years. Where it's there's a storyline and you're playing through, and it's very much more like thinking in terms of Dungeons and Dragons, where you have a um, where you have a like a game system and you're thinking about how to win or how to beat a challenge but there's also a story that's coming to via the, uh, the storyline, such as like Dragon Age and Skyrim. And,
0: and to build further off um, of, of what Laura was saying, um, so, so there are some tabletop games where the you don't even have a character sheet. Um, sometimes what you have is just, okay, these are the things that you might want to do. These are the things you might not want to do. Um, and you're just, okay, this is the situation we're going to act out t- or, or work on today. And you're just kind of going with the flow. So what you think your character is, is what your character is. Uh, with Without any of those constraints of attributes or um, uh, qualities. That Just, you know, oh, hey, if I decide my character can fly on a magic pony, sure, <laughs> let's go for it. Um, if I decide my character is a magic pony, sure, let's go for it. Um, so so there, there are multiple kinds of games. Um, some of them are based on movies. Uh, some of them are based on TV shows. Some of them are just based on the writer's imagination. Um, so the, there are all kinds of games for pretty much if, if you want to find a game, you probably can find something that is what you're looking for.
2: Is there a specific genre of games that you prefer to play? I, we'll start with Misha, and then Tamar and Quinn, or excuse me, and, and Laura, in that order.
0: <laughs> um, I prefer, at the moment at least... um. less hack and slash more interpersonal character plays. Um, So right now I'm playing a lot of um, games where it's not about trying to defeat a monster. It's about trying to build a community or how to within a community interact with the other characters. Um, I have played a lot, you know, I I played uh, D and D and earth Dawn and, and all of those where the, the, primary goal was hey these are mon- there are monsters out there you're gonna go and defeat them um, I still like those games and I still play them occasionally I just at the moment I think I'm playing more more interpersonal stuff like monster hearts um, or dream askew or um, uh, Saga of the Icelanders I tend to prefer um, modern based RPGs but like RPGs that take place in the modern
3: world or sci-fi which is really sad because sci-fi is a really hard one to get other people to want to play in. Um, I used to play a lot of World of Darkness back when I was younger, so that usually filled my modern fix. And then for sci-fi, I, I love playing Star Wars. I, I would play Star Wars any time of the day, if someone asked me. Um,
1: so I I, uh, I, guess I'm similar to Misha. I'm, I've been playing a lot more interpersonal games in um, the last... I don't know last couple of years. Um, occasionally, I'll, uh, I'll join in on a Pathfinder or uh, and a game or a module. And Pathfinder is very similar to D anD D; it's just um, a little bit different. Um, and also, one of my friends is running a D anD D five campaign, um, and so I've been playing around with that a little bit to see what's about as uh, a system. And D anD D five is it's just released, so. Um, but, uh, I've been doing more of the interpersonal games, so, like, Watch of uh, I playtested Night just like, a World cool. pro. um, I've been playtesting some Friends games that are still in, uh, development, so, that's been, rewarding. um, and doing a lot more of, uh, live-action role-playing, where it's, uh, it's not exactly like, um, there's a couple different types, it's, It's more of the interpersonal, um, kind of more theatrical. One person described it similar to kind of like you're, like you have a, um, like a mixture of improv and um, just straight theater. So that's been most of the gaming I've been doing lately. And a little bit of uh, digital gaming uh, here and there.
2: So, you know, being, Us as, as nerds and, and us as black nerds, I think it does play into role playing in a different sort of context than it would be for other gamers who are white. So my question is, what advice would you give to people trying to write characters from different backgrounds from their own? And we'll do the same order, Misha, Tamar, and Laura. Um, research. Um, you
0: know... Don't uh, don't I wouldn't come in with any preconceived notions about what a black character is or what a Hispanic character is or what an Asian, you know, a Japanese character is without doing some kind of reading into Japanese culture or Hispanic culture or black culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same thing when you're creating a character, you know, don't don't just create a stereotype. Um, you know, don't create you know, oh i'm I'm gonna play you know shaft, you know, okay, shaft is kind <laughs> of easy, you know, yeah, sure. if if you're but why was shaft interesting? you know you kind of need some of that background to not just make it, you know, okay, I'm gonna be a jive talking character and and really annoy everybody at the table. um so so that would be my my number one thing before you you make a character of a different background from yourself, you know, do a little reading. You know, surf around on the web, you know, go to Wikipedia, go to go to a couple of Tumblr accounts, you know, um, there's a there's quite a few really good Tumblr accounts out there that have like compilations of, hey, these are things that, you know, that are discussions among among the subculture that you're trying to, to play a character from that. Hey, you know, read through them, see what kinds of issues that they are having, see what kinds of issues they're talking about and make sure that when you're when you're Creating something uh, from that background that you're being true to it.
3: Um, aside from research, I usually tell people to avoid stereotyping because it's it's really easy to to pick an image that you see on TV or that you read in a comic book and then kind of play the stereotype out. And especially if you have someone that, of that particular race or background in the group, it makes it easier easier to offend them with your depiction and. I know a lot of people who played Black characters, who played on the stereotypes with me and the group, and they weren't intending to be insulting, but they didn't realize they were just playing a a stereotype that actually had no real bearing on how Black people act or think.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So I I guess I would echo that. Like, a lot of it is research and, um, and actually going out of your way to, if someone gives you criticism that this is problematic, take it. Like, actually listen to it and um, look at how you could possibly be doing this and don't don't stop at one person. Because often like when someone says, Oh hey, I find this problematic they might say, Oh, I have this one friend who thinks it's okay And I'm thinking well, that's 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 great that you have that one friend but for real if you have if you're if you're on certain territory, it's not this isn't any different than i'm writing about a, about a space a space game and it involves nasa and if someone's like hey i think you should fact check this it, it, it's it's not that dissimilar in terms of fact check it uh make sure it makes sense do you do your reading think about how would you feel if someone uh distilled you into a now stereotype um and think of ways that you can to make somebody, instead of one-dimensional, a full three-dimensional person. And have, um, definitely have something where it makes sense. Like, um, I was just reading a, uh, was it? uh World of Darkness New Wave, um, supplement, uh, earlier this morning. And they had this, uh, one character that made no sense. It, so, um... For, for an audience, so world of darkness, it's vampires, and so you have vampires that are going around doing things, vampire things, and you're role playing as vampires usually. And in this one case, there was a a young man who's going to, uh, law school, but a vampire decided to, make him to have his own vampire because he realized that this is New Age, It's supposed to be like '80s, that he needed someone to get into all these um. Uh, drug cartels and and gang uh, situations, and just reading the bio, I'm like this makes no sense. So mm. you you watch the Warriors. And you want to make a, a vampire who looked like one of the the characters from that movie, but you, you you there are several like logical leaps that didn't come together. And maybe at some point you're like, oh, I can't do that. Space this, but at the same time you've made something really, really just. Um, uh, uncomfortable stereotype and and looking at it it's it's one of those things where this went through multiple levels of editors and it still got made. So that's that's something to think about in terms of researching the unknown to, if, to be thorough and think about how can I make a, a person that is three-dimensional
2: mm. That's good. We we hear the term GM a lot, which stands for game master. Um, tell us what is a game master, and do you have a preference between being a GM or a player? Um,
0: so okay, so game master is the person uh, in a play. He would be the he or she would be the director. Um, so they're the person who is describing everything else. Uh, Depending on what game you're playing, but generally it's the person who's describing everything else about the world you're playing in. So anybody your characters meet, um, any monsters your characters run into, any problems that are coming up in your town. uh, So they're the ones who are in charge of kind of controlling the flow of those things. Um, So you have things like NPCs, which are non-player characters. So, you know... take uh when you're playing Zelda for example you're playing Zelda but um you you walk up to Guyanon and talk to him well okay Guyanon is an NPC and the uh, the GM is in charge of making sure that Guyanon is the one who is act- who what Guyanon's reactions to you are um I prefer playing um I've run games before I I was GM for um, a couple of campaigns for multiple years. At the moment, I'm kind of taking it easy because I have two small kids, and running it running a game is a lot of work, um, <laughs> and and so I don't always have the time to put in the work to 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 run a game. But I had time to play it because yeah, it's it's a different muscle you're flexing. Um, so that from my perspective, right now, I prefer being a player.
3: Um, I tend to do a lot of GMing, but I I, I like to be a player because as you mentioned it's it is a lot of work and when you're in, doing graduate studies you don't really have that kind of time to, to world build because you have to sit down and you got to plan out the adventure and then you got to think about the NPC reactions and you have to come up with possible scenarios and, and ways to anticipate what your players might do so that you so that you can be prepared but you also got to be ready to go off script because players will often take you places where you never even pictured going so there's a lot of um, weekly background work that goes into creating the game that uh, sometimes I would just rather not do. Sometimes I like to just be able to take my character, play for those five to six hours, and then not really have to think about the game for the rest of the week, other than, you know, how much fun I had. But when you're a GM, you, you tend to be more involved in the day-to-day basis of, of what you're going to do next and, and how it's going to affect your characters and, and the characters and the plots and everything. Right. Uh, I
1: agree. I I'd say like um I have GMs in the past I I facilitated games as well which is kind of like being a GM but also uh, you get to play you actually so I I've been leaning more and more towards GMless games or games where uh, I could facilitate in which case um, usually games where I would facilitate I don't have to do as much beforehand prep like I, I would spend time reading the rules but um it, just so I could better facilitate but. I, I could actually spend some time playing so it i I've leaned a lot more heavily towards that um be able to either have a gms game where everyone plays or facilitate um also uh i i've i've game like depending on the complexity of the system i've I've GMs and it's it's been kind it's been somewhat satisfying but only moderately yeah, because often uh when you get into systems such as vampire or D. Um you know, I, I wanna have a larger rule set that I have to memorize and there's um and that usually, at least in my case, has a little bit reduced the amount of fun I've had in terms of because usually I have to spend time arbitrating rules as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, facilitating play. So I've I've definitely in the last few years have leaned more towards games that have rules that are pretty uh, lean or games where I can facilitate and
2: play. So we've got a question on Twitter. This is from John Minus, who's also an RPGer. Um, he asks, as Black people, how do you deal with the inherent Eurocentrism of D&D and most fantasy?
0: Ooh, you went straight for the loaded one. Um... <laughs> Right now, in the games that I play, with the exception of Sagas of the Icelanders, which is set in Iceland in, like, uh, 1200 or so, um, most of the games that I'm currently playing are either futuristic, modern, or not even on this planet, so it kind of ducks some of that, um, my favorite games that I played in the past were things like Earth Dawn or Shadowrun, where again we took it out of the Eurocentric view. Um, I have played in D and D games where, yeah, it's pretty much oh, okay, we're we're playing in quote unquote Europe and 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 Fantasyland there. Um, and, yeah, I I tended to not enjoy those as much just because, just like when I go to the Renaissance Festival and I'm dressed up, people go, but there were no black people in Europe. It's like, yes, there were, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, get gosh. me started. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I struggle. So,
0: <laughs> um, so uh, and I got to put a shout out to uh, Medieval People of Color just because, oh, my God, yes. she's, she's yes. amazing. Amazing. I, I love her work. Thank you for bringing, you know, hey, yes, there were Black people in Europe. Yeah. I'm saying, Thanks that. for
2: educating people on the uh, Internet. Yes. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of duck it, uh, to be truthful. Um, either we play So High Fantasy and the, the players that I play with, Agree that you know yes there were probably yeah sure you want to play a black person I don't give a rat's butty you whatever go ahead um so that's we kind of duck it in my groups.
3: I would have to actually agree because I I tend to duck it as well um I fantasy role play is one of my least favorite forms of role playing specifically because of the way it treats race in a lot of ways and so I I don't like the way that black people are left out I don't like the way that Latinos or Asians are left out, or when they include Asians, how they stereotypically include them as ninja and mm. samurai. So mm. I tend to avoid it. I, I do play from time to time, and usually when I play, I either play a human or some some kind of monster race that is just beyond you know color barriers. Like um, my my last D and D character was a dragonborn, so he was a a dragon type creature. So it didn't really race didn't really factor in for me for that particular character. But I like to play elves when I play fantasy games. So when I play Shadowrun, I can play a black elf. And when I play D and have to convince my GM that it's okay to have a black elf that doesn't drown. So I tend to just not play fantasy. The few times I've run it, I just removed the alignment system entirely, so that everything is good or evil in their own way, and and I'm okay with different colored fantasy races, so uh, I'll have a society of black elves or Asian-looking dwarves and, and kind of play on the Shadowrun take on it, as opposed to just leaving it as a strictly Western fantasy type game. Um, so
1: I, 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 I guess I'm a little different. So when I play fantasy, usually I am a person of color, um, and I, I don't take no for an answer for that. Um, and I've been lucky. I've, I've played with really great groups. Um, I have played a Drow, and I refuse to take it as, oh, our entire race is chaotic evil, because I don't, I think it's wrong. I, will that's one of the long-standing things I don't like about, um, uh, how D&D and also some fantasy games, and particularly in earlier editions, treat, uh, races, where I, I've definitely had people try to play, uh, certain races as categorically evil, or, um, (laughs) categorically as a, a primitive race mm. um so i've i've definitely i've i've pushed against that um i've uh, in my current groups we actually we so all only these um only the underground races I guess and they they live underground they're subterranean um and we we all the entire group said you know what we're, we're we refuse to accept that they are categorically evil because You don't have an entire society thrive and exist based on uh being categorically evil that just it doesn't work not with sentient beings um so a, a lot of it has been uh really good groups but also i just mean just not accepting that i was going to not have a character that represented me or not have a character that that was going to be dismissed as categorically evil or categorically as one way. That To me, that seems like just another poor way of stereotyping. And there's no reason that I should have to spend my free time playing a game where, where I'm pigeonholed.
2: We got another question on Twitter. This is from my friend, Jen Jackson. She just found out we're on Twib. Where you been, girl? Um, she asks... Is it realistic to think stereotypes, misogyny, racism, ableism, and other ills will ever be eradicated in gaming?
0: It's a tough one. Um I'm get, uh. Hmm. So I would say it depends on your group. Um are they ever gonna be hundred percent eradicated in the materials? it depends on who's writing them. Um, there are a lot of writers out there who are doing a really good job of trying to be as inclusive and as representative as possible. Um, is that everybody? No. Are you at the moment going towards more indie games? If that's what you're looking for? Yes. Um, D and D five has done a pretty good job of trying to be inclusive. Um, it's not perfect, but it's a step in the right direction. Um, I think games can only be as inclusive, though, as the society around them. Um, So until the society as a whole is going to be completely borderless in that way, I'm not going to see... I don't think games are going to be that way. Um, So would I love to see that? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen in, say, the next 50 years? Probably
3: not. So I'm a race scholar, and that tends to, like, color your perception on the hope for an, a more equal society like you learn how racism is destroyed in one way and then you read later on research that says that it's cropped back up another way so i have this negative viewpoint that that it may never change but i also know that in some regards there are people in the industry who actually work towards making it better and making things more equal so you have games like Shadowrun run where They try to remove racism and and they replace it with like speciesism, but people are more equal. And and you have the World of Darkness, which did wonderful things for for race and gender and sexuality. And sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they get it fantastically right. But at at least they're trying. And Pathfinder was a good game that that did the same thing. And and D&D taking steps in that direction. So I think to, to a certain extent, we'll see less of it and less of it as we go on. My biggest fear is that, much like racism in general, that it will be replaced with something more sinister and something less overt and in your face. And so I have a mixed feeling on that, actually. Um,
1: I too I have, uh, have fairly mixed feelings. I, I, I do tend to look towards more uh, indie games where uh, there are people actively challenging that. Um, I, I, It's even a point where I'm... I'm writing my own games where, because I, I want to see more of that in the world. I'm not saying everyone go out and write your own games. If you want to, yes, that would be awesome because I, I would totally be about that. I would play your game. Um, I, I, I do, it seems to be, I, I, I try to look at it in terms of, it's like a spiral where you, you might make a little bit of progress and then something regressive happens. And then you might make a little bit more, but it spells again. Um, it, it's it's good to see moves moves by the big game publishers, but there's still a long way to go. And it's um, it's it's one of those things where because there are so many people talking about it and speaking up about it, it helps. It and there there are people like in the indie games who are also agitating for. Change so it it makes me hopeful that in the long run there'll be a change. Um, and I'm glad that there's more and more games where I can play someone who's like myself without having to rely on my group being a fantastic group. So I'm hoping, I'm hopeful, I'll be the hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good leap.
2: Oh, go ahead. I said, Well that's a good lead into my next question because um I'm also hopeful with the evolving and growing blurred community um that's formed do you think it's going to make role playing easier or do you feel like it's just going to be the same and not really have much of an impact
0: Um I I <laughs> so until uh about a month ago I had never actually role played with another black person Um, so I, I'm, I am finding it easier to connect with other Black role players and other, uh, role players in general. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it easier to, there are, there are people who are in on the discussions and who are, um, actually trying to make the community inclusive and who are doing a really good job of it. Um, As that's happening it it is easier um so I don't think we're getting stag as stagnant as it was in the nineties. I mean things like Twitter and Google plus and um have made it easier to a find people b find existing communities to to go into so like when when I started role playing, it was the guys in the student center at Georgia Tech. And that was pretty much the pool of people you could role play with because I didn't have a car and we didn't really have a really good internet system of of talking to other people. This was the nineties. Now I can hop on Google plus and there are dozens of communities. Some of them are centered around a single game. Some of them are centered around a concept um, that I can hop into and say, Hey, I would like to play. Can, can, do, would you guys like to play and uh, hang out gaming? Hey, you can hop online with like like uh, Tamar was saying. You know, he somebody from Australia or you know somebody from as long as you guys can get together at the same time. Yeah, sure, you can go do whatever you want. Um, so from that point of view, I, I'm kind of hopeful. It's it's easier um, than it used to be.
3: I I tend to agree. It is it is easier than it used to be. Um, as I've gotten older, I noticed the ideas of what it means to be black have broadened in a lot of ways. And so as more and more black people come to terms with enjoying the different things that aren't traditionally black, but sci-fi and comic books and and role-playing games that we're gonna see more minorities in in those games. And finding support groups like that online makes it a lot easier for people to, to make that next step because sometimes it's really difficult when you're the only minority In a group and so you might not explore different interests because you don't want to be the only one and you don't want to be the token, but with online media like Twitter and and blur chat and everything, it makes it easier for you not to feel like you're the only one that has that interest. And so Mm -hmm. I think as people don't feel like they're isolated anymore that you'll see more and more minorities, more and more black people, more and more women and stuff like that in, in gaming hobbies.
2: So we have another question on Twitter. This is a um, very popular show topic tonight, by the way. A lot of folks are tweeting and giving their comments on this. So Tracy Hurley she asks, "Are there places online where people of color are sharing RPG content they created?"
0: I okay. So I most of my time online uh, is spent on Google Plus. Um, I don't do a lot of tweeting um I, I have a tumblr account but i don't know a lot of gamers on tumblr um so my i would say instinctually google plus uh would be the the main place to go where where gamers of all stripes are sharing um there's a lot of kickstarters out, of, out there though um urban shadows is a pretty good one uh where where uh it's mark ds sherman and uh andrew medeiros um they set up a new, uh, their world is it's a powered by the apocalypse game but it's um more POC centric than than it it's kind of a European uh, US POC centric uh, kind of but uh some of the other worlds that they got written for um Bangladesh uh, blank Bangalore really, yeah, um and and some other cities that they're going to do some of the source material for so between Kickstarter and Google plus are the places I tend to find things. Um, Yeah. So.
3: I, I really can't think of anything, any place in particular. Like I don't think there's like a centralized location where, where black people or, or people of color in general tend to locate themselves. For me, it's easier just to kind of search individual gaming companies that you know to be more open or have a better policies towards it. So, you know, going to the world of darkness or actually a NASA down is onks path site. You'll probably find more people of color there because world of darkness has traditionally been a place where women and people of color have been been um, made to feel important. Um, Shadowrun's webpage, you'll probably, you'll probably find people like that. But for me, it'd be like an individual game thing and looking for individual gamers who can lead you to other gamers of color that they know personally. I don't, we should have something like that, though. We really should.
2: And, Laura, you, you back with us? Nope. Okay. Um, so what, what suggestions do you have for for Blurds, Black nerds, that are just getting started or um, never got into role-playing and should they start with a specific type? And I, I see Laura's back with this. So, Laura, let me have you answer that question.
1: Okay, sure. Um, so, I would say you you should follow your interests. Um, like, for instance, um, I I have a friend that loves space, everything space. Um, but i I'm only I'm I'm kind of interested in space, so I'd be willing to play that. But let's say it was something that was only like hack and slash. And I was thinking, oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, Part of it is you, you really have to follow your interests, uh, but also you want to play with a group that you feel good with, that you actually want to spend time with. That, that helps a lot. Um, so if I, again, if I was playing the space game um, and, but I was playing with people I didn't really want to play with, like I, like I, like interpersonally, we didn't have like a, Good, like we don't have a good connection. I would, I would recommend playing something. Else. So it's all about the group, and it's all about like playing something that you're interested in, because you know it's, it's um you want to give uh want to give yourself a good shot of enjoying it and getting into it.
2: Misha, how about you? Um,
0: so I, I as far as finding what kind of game you want to play, I'd start with what kind of books do you like to read um like so or said you know if if you're passionate about space okay well, let's go in and see um what games there are where that are set in space you know if you're big into um computer hacking and and that kind of style of book then it's, you know a shadow run or a, a, another type of game where that's the focus is going to be what's best for you um as far as finding other people to play with um Again, I'd say Google plus just because that's where I tend to find people um you know okay I found a I found a game go you know do a couple of web searches you know um see is there a community that already exists of people who and usually um either the the uh, uh, blah, blah, the the web page for the game or the the publishing company will have some links to hey you know our game is being played in these places or, Hey, you know, if you're looking, if you are a player looking for a game or a, a game looking for players, Hey, we've got a message board here that you can post and, and people can connect that way. Um So I, as far as what type you should start with again, it's, it's what you love. So go with what you like and branch out from there. You know, if I wouldn't start with a, a genre, I didn't like, just because that'll just sour your taste towards the game, towards gaming in general. Um, so start with what you love and, and go from there.
3: Yeah, I would agree. You you tend It's best if you start with the things that you like the most. So if you identify with fantasy, I would definitely recommend picking up D&D or Pathfinder, or if you like sci-fi, you know, Star Wars, pick up Star Wars. Um, modern games, there's a whole slew of those to play. Uh, I think a good way to actually ease yourself into the hobby is to go to a local gaming convention or a comic book convention. A lot of those events usually have pickup games where people can join and play for an hour or two with random strangers and it's it's a really good way to kind of get your feet wet without actually having to commit to a particular group because sometimes people get aggravated if you join and then quit and join and then quit another group. So just to try out a bunch of different games, I always recommend going to conventions or and things of that nature to, to kind of join in a, on a pickup game. Otherwise, your local comic book store usually has um, a listing of, of gamers who are looking for other gamers. That, that is a good place to start.
2: Another question from Twitter. This is from Geek Soul Brother. He says, are there fantasy RPGs set in medieval or ancient times but in different lands like Asia, Africa, and South America? Yes,
0: um, I'm trying to think of names of some off the top of my head and I'm failing miserably. Um, uh, yeah, I can't think of any names of any. I, I I played some. I just am drawing blanks at the moment. Um,
1: yeah, I, I know that there are some. I'm going through my like my my bookshelf right now to see if I can pull it. I, I, I will respond on Twitter because I know I have one. Um, at fingers' reach, I just can't
3: find it. Um, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> I know one based in Africa, but I cannot for the life of me remember its name. Like it has completely spaced my mind. I know several that are based in Asia. You have, um, I know at least three. There's Legend of the Five Rings, which is a mixture of different types of Asia, but it's more entrenched in Japanese um, history than it is on any kind of other but they have other elements in there. there's one based on um, China called Quinn which is made by some people in France actually um, one called Sengoku uh, I can't look of anyone in South in South America I would actually have to look up the African game because people have been people have told me about it several times and I haven't personally read it but I it
2: And it looks like on Twitter, which is, that's why I love doing these podcasts on Twitter, because folks that are listening in may have some insight to some of these questions. And we did get an answer for Geek Soul Brother from Robert Young, who said Savage Worlds is a setup for all of those locations. Uh, So to answer your question, there you go.
0: And often, um, sometimes a a base RPG will have source books that are set that have some setting materials for um, generic Asia, just like they're 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 set in generic Europe. So they have a generic Asia and a generic Africa that they're kind of uh, basing some things on. Some of those supplements are written better than others, uh, with that caveat. Uh, so yeah, I mean there are things out there. There are some that are better than others, and I'm again drawing blanks. Um, uh, Legend of the Five Rings, I I remember liking a lot um kindred of the east not as much yeah um, definitely not as much i that
1: was such a. I I played through kindred of the east so,
3: bad. so bad. yeah i loved kindred of the east so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you and again so you there are diverse opinions um what's what works for some one person is not necessarily going to work for everybody so mm-hmm. i'm not saying don't try it I'm just saying, you know, hey, just read through it, decide if it's for you. <laughs> right.
2: So is there one platform that's more popular than the other? I mean, for me, when I think of RPGs, I immediately deflect to digital gaming, video games, you know, Xbox and even just the old school games that I used to play with the Super NES and the Final Fantasy RPGs. Is there any RPGs currently that are just more popular than others? Or is it sort of subjective and it just depends on, you know, who you hang out with and, and what conventions you go to, what meetups you hang out with? What are your thoughts about that?
0: Uh, as far as... Tabletop. top um, D and D is still the 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 big the big bad in the room. Uh, Pathfinder is really big, um, but depending on what conventions you go to, uh, more indie games are kind of the the norm there. Um, as far as digital games, I don't know. I'm I'm not. Like I said I'm not a big digital player. Um, and as far as LARPs go, there's quite a few popular ones out there. But most of them, it, it, the LARPs tend to depend on your location more than anything else. Because yes, some people will travel thousands of miles to go LARP, but most people wow. tend to go within eh, half an hour or so where they live, maybe two hours, um, to 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 play a game. So um, or spend a weekend in the woods pretending to be a character and and. I don't camp. I'm sorry. I just not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So there are still some bigger groups names in in the games than others. Um, I know my my husband's more of a console gamer than I am, so he would probably have some really good uh, titles out there. But uh, I don't know. Um, for tabletop, my usually go to is.
3: Um... To get started, I guess, would be Pathfinder or... D. I love the simplicity of the new d d As much as I have baggage with d ds treatment of other issues, the simplicity of the 5th edition is actually something to be admired. But either Pathfinder or d and uh, For LARPing, I would go with World of Darkness. That's the biggest LARPing group that I know
2: of. Is you said World of Darkness?
3: World of Darkness. So
2: okay.
3: Anx Path, Anx Path, does World of Darkness now. And you can usually go to their website other forums, and you'd probably find people who are still LARPing with that particular game. Um, some of them are using the newer rules. Some of them are using the old, defunct World of Darkness worlds that they killed off in 2000. But that's the largest group of um, LARPers that I know of. It's, I think it's the organization still called the Camarilla.
0: Uh, it's Camarilla and Mind's Eye Theater um, yeah. are, are still World of Darkness uh, LARP.
3: For um. online... I'm not particularly sure. Uh, It's been a couple years since I've actually had to hunt down an online game, and I think it would more or less come down to hunting down a particular game that you like, as opposed to any particular setting.
1: Um, For me, for um, some more indie RPGs, I would get into uh, Dungeon World. Um, Let's see. uh, Within circles of people, I know Apocalypse World and Monster Hearts are super popular, and... um, They share a similar, um, I I mentioned this last in the last podcast, an engine, kind of, uh, where it's um, game mechanics, where there's certain um, common game mechanics between those three games I mentioned. Um, It's not a complete 100% of a lot, but there's common game mechanics there, so it's kind of easy for people to pick up and begin playing. Dungeon World is, um, in a way, it's, uh, it approaches fantasy uh, with a different point of view than necessarily D&D. Uh, so that's been pretty popular. Apocalypse World deals with post-apocalyptic um, interpersonal issues and uh, dealing with the environment. And um, Monster Hearts... So Monster Hearts is kind of... It's uh, a... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the way I describe it is... Um, it's it's um, pretty savvy. It's like uh, pop culture... But horror and and usually dealing with high school messy teenage issues, where you're um, you're dealing with the poss your your characters are all monsters of some sort, Um, but you're dealing with uh, all the kind of raging hormones of being a teenager. I I often describe it as what if what if you're doing Twilight but Bella Swan's a thinking person and you. And your vampire has more going on than just being sparkly. But if, like, <laughs> playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just that's, like, that sort of feel, um, where you have lots of laughter, but also lots of dramedy. Um, so, I uh, with those, like, those have been really popular lately. Um, and I guess... I, I've the last few games I've played, like RPG wise, I haven't played a uh, much, which i discussed earlier like these least multiple user um, shared hallucinations, where it's it's kind of uh, it's like a, a mixture of a text based chat and um, RPG spaces, um, like an early precursor to MMOs, which are basically multiplayer online games. Um, it so I haven't played those already. I, there's there, there might be a few out there. So most of my game's been pretty strictly um if like uh, uh, RPGs, kind of like Dragon Age. So like um uh, Skyrim. A lot of people I I was uh, playing with and playing that for a while. Um and then recently I mean some people are waiting for the next Dragon Age to come out. Um and I've kind of been off a little bit on hiatus, so I've been going back through my old RPGs and playing those online. Well, not necessarily, but um, like, like WoW, and also like some of the older Final Fantasies, trying to get through those or the Tales series. Um, I was playing Tales of the Superior not that long, ago. but um, in terms of like mass quantity, there's uh there's people waiting for the next Dragon Age, and still playing Skyrim expansions some of
2: the people I know still doing online gaming. So it's about that time for us to wrap up before we go, though, I want each of you to just um, give out your social media shout outs and just tell us where we can find your, your online gaming communities. If you're on Google plus, what's the link to your Google plus group or any other groups that you meet up with um, outside of online, whether it's at conventions or meetups or groups. So, uh, just give us your shout outs before we close out the podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, best place to find me is Google. Plus. Um, I'm Misha B there. Um, uh, Twitter, if you if you hit my Twitter, I can I'll redirect you to my uh, Google Plus just because I, I I still get tweeting. Um, uh, as far as uh, where I hang out. Um, I do uh, most of the conventions I've gone to recently have been uh, the uh, Double Exposure folks. Um, uh, they they host a bunch of cons up in New Jersey, um, which are pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me
3: on Twitter on um, Black Ro- at Black Ro- Um I have a Facebook page which I'll probably send out. It'd be easier if I just tweet it again, and then I sometimes write a blog which I also tweet. But well, otherwise, um, since I'm knee-deep in my own research, I haven't actually been socializing as much as I should have. Oh,
1: um, so I'm on Twitter. Um, my uh, username is LabMouse, so L-A-B-M-O-U-S-E. Um, also, I'm on G+, and I post a little bit less frequently on G+, but um, uh, I'm just under my name, Laura Simpson. Um you know, I'll, I'll tweet that out to everyone, um, and so just add me and I'll add you back, and whenever I post something about gaming, you get it. Um, and I, I do a lot of, I, I do a lot of reading about gaming stuff, and posting on Plus in general, like, uh, uh, on Twitter, it's more designed because I, I, I work as an interaction designer, so, um, and I would say it's 80% sign, 20% uh, gaming, whereas it's totally the opposite on gboss So I'll tweet out my like um, my, my username.
2: Yep, and make sure you tag me in your tweets so I can send it out to folks that may not know your handles. Sure. Um, and then they'll be able to see that. So thank you so much for for coming on. Thank you, Misha, Tamar and Laura. This was one of those podcasts where it gets people talking and excited, and it gives a lot um, of black nerds out there an opportunity to connect with others that are like, you also do RPGs? So do I. So people were going back and forth and noticing the feed, just um, geeking out over their favorite RPGs. So glad that we got a chance to do this podcast again. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we are live. New York Super Week. It's approaching. It's Saturday, October 4th. So that's what the podcast will be. Our topic is going to be about the blurred community and really just how we've managed to use social media and social network as a way to build and grow and network um, online. So please join us. Myself, Ashley from Graveyard Shift Sisters and Latanya from Sprinkles and Booze will be there. And that will be at five PM when we'll be broadcasting live using same thing with TWIB. So make sure you listen in TWIB.fm forward slash live and I'll be sending out links throughout the week. Thanks so much for listening in. Take care, guys. Night. See ya.
1: Finally.